So hello and welcome to the Pitcast for 2022 by the Pit Online. This is from the fans and for the fans. This year we've decided to shake things up a bit and bring you our thoughts on different racing series throughout the world. And this month we're talking all things bikes and we're chatting about the MotoGP. I'm your host, Jess Bird, your resident Formula One editor at the Pit Crew Online, and we have two very special guests with us today. We've recruited from the crew on two for some expert opinions. So our first guest is our deputy editor and contributor, Mandy. How are you, Mandy? It's lovely to have you on the Pitcast today. Oh, it's lovely to be here, Jess. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we also have our second guest, who is a contributor and writer to the crew on two. Uh, Adam, so how are you today? How are you feeling about the Pitcast? Hi, Jess. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, talking about MotoGP. Obviously, had a good race today and um, looking forward to sort of geeking out and having a chat about it. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Yes, we do love some bikes around here as well. So, yeah, as of recording this, we've just had the race at uh, Portugal. It is Sunday. <laughs> Uh, but I thought we'd start off by talking about uh, Aprilia and their massive improvement over the 2022 season um, compared to previous seasons. Do we think we can, they can keep this momentum for the rest of the season? Today, they managed to finish P3 and P10, so it's quite a good race for them. Um, but what do we think, guys? Uh, let's start with Adam. Yeah, obviously, Aprilia, they've sort of just been gradually, you know, first sort of came back into MotoGP. They were a consistent back-of-the-grid team, there was never really anything exciting going on. And then suddenly the past couple of, you know, two, three years, they've just slowly started to gradually get further up the grid. And this year, it, you know, I, I think it's still too early to say whether they can mount a real championship challenge. But another podium today, obviously, Alicia Spargo won in Argentina and he's just finished that today. So they're really getting there. You know, Vinales getting more comfortable on the bike. Obviously, the concessions for 2023, it looks like they're going to lose them for 2023, which is... A disadvantage, but an advantage all the same, because, you know, it means they're working their way back up the grid, but also they'll lose like unlimited test days, things like that. And I was just re doing some reading and I think after today's podium, they just need to score basically one more third place and they'll lose some concessions. So, yeah, so all the signs are there um, that they're on, on the rise kind of thing. And I do think maybe not this year, but certainly next year, there'll be a fighting for the championship. I'd like to see. I'd like to see, especially Alicia Spargo after the years he's committed to Aprilia, I'd like to see him at the front, um, you know, consistently and fighting for a championship. He is he is third in the championship now, so only mm. like three points behind the the leaders. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's, doing, he's, doing, he's doing really, really well. He, he is certainly doing well. Um, you know, as you say, only three points off the top. I just, yeah. you know, would like to see him to stay in that. It just obviously a case of whether they can kind of thing. Well, yeah, it's going into Europe next, isn't it? So it probably, you know... It's the Europe, Europe is mainly is mainly dominated by like Yamaha and Honda anyway, and you know so yeah. What what do you what do you think about Vinales in in Aprilia? He's gelling with the team, certainly gelling with the team, and it's nice well, to see him. Friends, aren't they? So that's nice to see. Yeah, yeah, because obviously they had their time at Suzuki together uh, a few years yeah. back, and you know they've sort of reunited, and he seems a lot happier than he did with Yamaha. I think Yamaha was. It started off well, but you could just sort of see the signs, especially obviously last year when he was sort of kicked out at halfway through the season, that things just Definitely. sort of went stale with them. Um, but he seems to be getting there, you know, the results are picking up. And I think Vinales is going to be, uh, as I say, probably at the front, either back end of this year or certainly next year. Do you, do you think that um, 
the form of pace from um, Aleish is going to be kind of digging away at Vinyala's a little bit? I think so. I'd like to say no, because, you know, obviously... I'd like, but, I'd like to think no, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is that sort of thing, isn't it? Because, you yeah. know, Vinyala's is obviously... He was the Yamaha man and exactly. came into the team last year and won a championship straight away. Yeah. So, so it's going to be niggling away at him, isn't it? That he's always kind of the second rider in the team. Yeah. And do you think, you know, obviously Alicia's already got first win uh, for Aprilia and he's yeah. just got a podium today. Yeah. I think, you know, do you think that could sort of be grind away at Vinales and he'll maybe sit in there thinking, I've got to sort of, you know, kind of pull my finger out and kind of get yeah, on just, with it maybe just at the judging moment. by just judging by how it went in Yamaha with him you know he's already he already thinks that way seemingly thinks that way anyway so for his I, I know Alesha has been there a long time in Aprilia and you know he's he's now doing really, really well but just just from Vinyaz's point of view it might just be niggling away him bit bit by bit you know and then Will that will that stop him from achieving the podiums and the results he actually wants in Aprilia? Mm -hmm. I yeah, uh, I agree. I think especially as the year goes on, if Vinales maybe hangs around, let's say tenth place, eighth to tenth place, kind of, yeah. and Alicia's is still consistently at the front. I think especially yeah. as the back back end of the year sort of approaches, I think that might be when we see Vinales maybe not falter at the line kind of thing, but. Yeah. maybe just sort of the the doubts start to kind of maybe creep in with him exactly yeah and then it, it could just be the same as what it was at Yamaha with him yeah yeah because he moved obviously moved from Suzuki to Yamaha yeah um and was expected to sort of you know blow the opposition away kind of thing but exactly yeah and now I he's mean, moved to Aprilia he was, he was winning in Yamaha but Obviously, things went sour, like you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, now he's moved to Aprilia. New team, fresh start. You know, it's a chance for him to sort of make the team his own. At least he's been there exactly. a few years. But, you know, yeah. Van Vinales was suppo supposed to bring that kind of championship winning mentality kind of thing. But exactly. at the moment, it hasn't kind of come to fruition yet. And I think I'd like to see it come to fruition in the next few yeah, rounds because um, obviously Vinales is a good guy and but being, um, but also being back in Europe sorry but being back in Europe um it's Vinales is like you know home races and things coming up and it, it might it might be good for him in in that in that in that way as well it might be more positive for him yeah exactly I think every, we always start to see you know different riders the more common riders sort of pick up form especially at Europe. And I think Vinales is going to be sort of looking at the races, like, you know, in Spain, France, obviously, um, and yeah. thinking these are where I can get good results and, you know, start to, you know, really catch up to a leash. Well, speaking of Vinales' old team then, we'll move on to Yamaha. Um, they've not had the best of starts to the season. They've obviously had some grip problems and some horsepower problems and things, um, but they are have been historically consistently at the front for um, European leg of the season. They've done quite well yeah. um, historically. And that was proven today. Um, they got a win today, didn't they? So um, how do we think Yamaha are going to fare for the rest of the season? Is there anything that you think they might be able to improve on? Or do you think that they're going to end up sort of being left behind? Do you think they're already already too far behind for them to move forward? Oh, um, 
Well, obviously, Morbidelli's struggling, or so it seems. Um, I I think that um, it's, it's a bit the same with like Aprilia. You've got you've got one rider that's like dominating the team, and the other rider not doing so well. <laughs> Um, obviously, Kotaara has only gotten two podiums so far this season in Indonesia and today in Portugal. Um, again, I, I don't know if Kotaara might be a little bit annoyed that his teammate isn't really helping him defend his title. Um, I just, I don't know. Yamaha, Yamaha in Europe, like you said, um, always strong. And the Europe rounds are coming up. You've got quite a significant load of them coming up. But I, I just don't know. There's, there's obviously something going on there, Yamaha. Well, what do you think, Adam? Is Yamaha is such a tricky one, you know. Yeah. We've obviously got Quattro. He's not leading the championship after what looked like a, a year where, when the season started and you know the bike was where it was. I was I was sat there thinking Quattro can't win it basically, especially after yeah. you know the first round. It, it he looked defeated and he sounded yeah. so, you know his his morale seemed like it was at such a low point, especially after winning the championship. But yeah. suddenly. He's won today, you know, first race in Europe, and he's leading the championship. You know, he's obviously tied on points with Alex Rins, but mm. I think heading into Jerez, that's obviously where he got his first win in MotoGP uh, in 2020. Mm. So I think that's, you know, going there, leading the championship after his first I mean, win this year. Boost, isn't it? Yeah, massive confidence yeah. boost for him. And I think um, whether he can keep that up this year, because obviously, as you say, the other Yamahas aren't really anywhere. Franco Morbidelli, no. he's not even in the top 10 in the championship no. at the moment. And he hasn't really and, been able and, to... And you, you that's, I, don't, I don't know if you're a little bit surprised by that. I'm a little bit surprised by it. Yeah, I am. Because, you know, on when he was with um, the Yamaha Satellite Team, the Patronus team, yeah. you know, past two or three years, he he's really been... Yeah, he was up there. And it just seemed like he picked up that injury at, you know, one race last season, I think it was. And suddenly yeah. it just disappeared he didn't come back for a few rounds and maybe that's been the reason maybe he hasn't fully recovered but it just seems like he's hit a bit of a brick wall and he can't seem to sort of climb over it kind of thing yeah a, a, a little bit like going back to Vinales a little bit like him really like there's there seems to be something stopping him from getting where he should be where everyone's expecting him to be mm, yeah I you know it, it's it is strange because Mobadelli was brought in, he's, you know, he's kind of one of the older guys on the grid compared to the likes of Quattro, Jorge Martin, and Eobasinini. But it's weird to see how he isn't really gelling with the factory bike as he did with yeah. the, the satellite bike as he did a couple of years back. And Quattro just seems to be, you know, one step ahead of everyone else that's on the Yamaha bike. Do, do, you, do, you think, do you think he kind of went into the team thinking that, like, he would be the better one of the two? Or do you just think it's just a case of he's just not getting on with the bike maybe yeah maybe a bit of both because obviously mm. he was runner-up in the championship in 2020 and obviously quarter hours started off that season and he won the first two or three rounds of that year and then suddenly yeah. he dropped off so maybe he came into that team thinking you know I, I can start off on a le similar level with Fabio and you know exactly. gradually move ahead of him as the year goes on but it just hasn't seemed to come to fruition in that kind of way it's all interesting stuff. I mean, having two riders of that sort of, I suppose, different levels of experience, it, it does make a difference. It, it, it can. Um, mm. 
but yeah, we'll we'll see how that pans out throughout the season, I guess. Do you think they're sort of too far behind to make enough improvements for the rest of the season to put a fight up for the championship or or do you think they could no. make improvements? They definitely can make improvements. They 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 know what they're doing. They've got like um Ninjavis behind them and things he's been in it for years. They they know they know what they're doing. They they just need they just need to find their the, the the point that they can improve on they just need to figure out what it is whether it's the rider the bike or just something else whether it's just the fact, the fact they haven't been at the european rounds yet yeah i think after today's win as well as you say that'll yeah. be a big confidence boost going course, to Jerez, yeah. obviously as i say it's where carter won his first race in MotoGP, gp and they obviously have the material to improve as the season goes on and yeah at the moment, it just seems like the championship is going to be so topsy-turvy that I still, you know, Quattaro could still win this by a significant mm-hmm. amount of points. But at the moment, it seems like it's going to be a lot closer than it was last year. Yeah, and if, he's he's expecting to like, if he's expecting like to, to like romp away of the win, I don't think that's going to happen. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's going to it'd be more interesting to watch because everyone's so close. But we are only five rounds in, so it's a bit difficult to to judge it I would say <laughs> yeah I agree and I think especially as the European runs you know coming you know coming that numbers kind of thing yeah. we've only just had the first one and usually it's maybe not until maybe two or three rounds into the European leg of the season that we start to see who's going to be coming out on top obviously we had Enea Bassini he won the first race I won yeah. last time out in Austin and you know he's now fourth in the championship so whether he can start to you know, sustain some good form or whether he sort of drops off as the season goes on. I think that's, you know, sort of wait and see kind of thing. And I think it will be like that with Yamaha, except the opposite, see whether they can um, move their, move their way up the grid and hope and, you know, see if Quattaro can have the bike behind him to consistently be at the front. Yeah. Well, speaking of consistency, um, I know that uh, Ducati have had a bit of a, an interesting start to the season shall we say so they had a bit of a loss in form um and then they seem to have sort of found it again they got a p2 today um they seem to have half solved their problems with their, their factory bike but not fully um how do we feel about their their season so far and if they've actually managed to solve their problems or or get anywhere with them at all well um are you are you just talking about the factory team, or are we talking about all the Ducatis in the in the field? No, all of them. I know that they've all had all had a bit of an yeah. issue, um, but yeah, just all of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting to to note that um, the first obviously there's only been five races, but um, every race so far, at least one Ducati has been on the podium, which I think is quite impressive. That is good. That is very good indeed. Yeah, pretty good. Obviously, the well, the, the the ones you'd expect to be on the podium haven't really been. I think only Miller's been on the podium once so far. What do you think, Adam? Because I I can't remember too much about the Ducatis. Yeah, I'm just sort of looking at the results of yeah. Well, the results think, of the season so far. Yeah, like Bastoni's won. Zarco's come third. Yes. Uh, second and third, I think. Yeah, yeah I know Zarco is uh, P two Mar- today. Yeah, mm-hmm. Martin, Martin second, and I think Bastianini and Miller have been on the podium as well. I believe yeah. first and third, maybe for those. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like not not the main ones that you would expect, like Bagnaya, 
um and miller you know not not really anywhere I know he, obviously injury as well that he's that he's taken this weekend he's he's sort of he came into this year as i want to say championship favorite yeah. and now yeah, totally. he's basically miles away from that championship yeah. site at the moment and Ducati is such a it's such a frustrating team to watch kind of thing you know they oh, they come <laughs> they come into the season you know they look like championship favorites it happened with Dovi however many years yeah. in a row two three years in a row came to the season yeah. championship favorites you know sort of wins the first race and then suddenly he just drops off but with Ducati it hasn't um, materialized at all from the get-go kind of thing no. obviously Bastianini's you know at the front but He's he's the one he's, he's the one outshining everybody else, which, uh, like we said, is unpredictable. Yeah, um, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like Zarco, he's he's been on the podium twice this year already as well. Mm -hmm. Again, Zarko, someone I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, <laughs> Zarco's fifth <laughs> at the moment in the championship, and Bassini is yeah. fourth. But then yeah. the two factory Ducatis are ninth and tenth, so yeah, it's. <laughs> If it, what's, it, what's going on in, in like in the factory team like it just seems a bit strange like there's rumors obviously that Miller's um ride is up for debate for other people and you think is, is that weighing on his mind is that why it's you know not not so not so good in the team maybe I don't know um, yeah it, it's it is a weird one because obviously Miller had has all weekend sort of had those LCR Honda rumors yeah. starting to appear out of nowhere he shut them down quickly today um after the race but that doesn't necessarily mean it's over you know in sports no. you you can say you're not going somewhere or i'm not going anywhere kind of thing but then yeah. a couple of months down well, the road Vinales did it Vinales did it all last year didn't he oh, i'm not leaving yamaha and then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah he was yeah. brilliant <laughs> <laughs> he had a <laughs> yamaha so contract <laughs> <laughs> he had a yamaha contract for However many years up the roads, and then suddenly he was yeah. booted out the I think team he had another, I think he had another one year. I think he's meant to be there this year, wasn't he? Yeah. And obviously mm -hmm. they terminated early. Yeah, and you know, now with Miller, it's there's talk of Martino Bassini getting that second factory Ducati seat. But yeah. if I was one of them, I'd be thinking, well, I'm quite I mean, maybe not necessarily Martini's 13. <laughs> yeah. If I was Bassini, I'd be thinking, I'm quite happy on the 21 bike rather than yeah. you know, jumping on the new bike because it seems that's where they struggle the most is with the freshly updated bike. And obviously the younger bike sort of outshines everyone. Exactly. I was going to say, is it because um is it because Bassanini and, and Zarco are on um, the, the 2021 bike that that because it's already be already sorted and dialed in and everything's like ready to go? Is that why the factory ones aren't really doing so well because they haven't quite hit that that mark yet that they need to be at? Yeah, it, it's such a tough one with Jakai, mm. you know, because is there something going on in the um, factory team, you know, that we don't know about? Because they're, mm. they're obviously not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we're, we're having, like, these issues within the team kind of thing. And obviously Miller, he... Yeah, come out and say it, would you? Yeah, exactly. And obviously Miller, he crashed out today and took out Mia with him. And exactly. I think uh, <laughs> Mia's reaction kind of said it all to how Miller's season's going, you know, slow clapping him. When he when yeah. when he crashed out, and I think Miller just needs that boost of confidence. He got the result in Austin, and that's mm -hmm. when people thought, okay, this is where Miller's season kind of starts. But then, obviously, 
he has a result like today and it could take him another two or three rounds to sort of come back strong as it, exactly. as it is. And, and also the factory um, Ducati team have had a history of not really listening to their riders as much as well. Um, you mm-hmm. saw with Lorenzo, um, as when, when he asked for that one little part that was going to help him, and then all of a sudden they, they, they relented and gave him the part, and, and he was winning again, or at least on the podium quite a lot more. Um, you then kind of go, well, is it down to the team? Are they actually listening to their riders? We Obviously, we won't know because they won't say that, but it's, it's historical throughout Ducati that they don't normally listen to their riders as much as they probably should do. Yeah, and maybe there's something like that going on. They're like dominating the field with the amount of bikes that they've kind of like thrown in, mm. <laughs> um, and you, you can't, you kind of think, you you kind of think, are they, are they maybe spreading their net a bit too far? Maybe they should be focusing just on like four riders or two, you know, the factory team maybe more so than other people. But I, I don't know. It's just, it just seems a bit strange that they've just like there's so many Ducatis now, and yet not really much result yes they, yeah. yes they've been on the podium every race but do you know what I mean yeah do you, I think maybe they're a bit too diluted on the grid mm-hmm. I don't there's so many Ducatis and I don't think it helps the fact that there's two satellite Ducatis ahead of the two factory Ducatis no by quite some <laughs> margin as well in the championship so I don't know what do you think do you think they're sort of maybe I don't know what's the word jumping ahead of themselves thinking oh yeah it's a good idea to have this many bikes on the grid do you think that's maybe I, they need to I, concentrate I kind of more do, yeah i i think i think they need to they need to concentrate on their factory rides with um um Bagnaya and miller um but then like you've obviously got the vr46 team which are on ducatis as well um which are the new team this year and then you just kind of think are they i, th- I think they've spread themselves too thin um, and should have just kept with the the four with obviously you got Bassanini and Zarco, and but then you got you've, you've got you've got so many <laughs> Martin, <laughs> but then you've got really really good riders. <laughs> so it, God, I just don't know. It just it just it feels to me that they've they've spread themselves too far, and 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 then it then they haven't been able to focus on what they need to focus on personally. But like you said, are they jumping the gun a bit too much and just going well, you know? why not get all of these Ducatis on the grid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is It is strange to see sort of how much they struggle. You know, mm. you'd, you'd think maybe on the one hand, having so many bikes is good, you know, because they get more data kind of things. But then on, yeah. on the other hand, they're kind of focusing on pleasing so many people rather than just focusing on maybe, you know, them, their factory team and maybe like one other team. Sort of like yeah. what Honda are doing with, they've obviously got factory Honda team and then LCR Honda. Yeah, they seem to be picking up the pace in terms of you know their results, and that's maybe what Ducati just needs to kind of look back at and think, you know, maybe maybe that's what we need to do as well, and just focus on one or two teams rather than three or four or however many it is they've got now. That's, that's what every that's what the other teams do, and it, it works. I just it seems a little bit strange that they've just kind of gone this year. Oh, you know, we'll just have all these Ducatis all over the place. i just i just don't see the the maybe maybe the reasoning behind it maybe so much yeah just i don't either it's it's, it's good to get the ducati name out and it's good to get all this like um attention and um everything else but you just kind of think well maybe just focus on 
two teams, three tops, maybe. It just it just seems a little bit a little bit odd. Yeah, it does. I agree completely. And <laughs> yeah. it is, it just, just seemed like they're sort of spreading themselves too thin. Okay, well, speaking of up and down seasons, I guess, um, for factory teams, Honda have had an interesting uh, start to the season themselves with uh, an injury for Mark Marquez, putting him out for one race, um, and then sort of an illness uh, for his teammate. Uh, it's been fascinating watching them, but they do have pace in that bike. And as you say, they've got a pace in their satellite team as well. Uh, so what do we think to the to their season and, and Mark Marquez's sort of recovery from injury and how he's ra- been racing since then? Um, well, with, with Marquez, it's a little bit of a weird one because obviously his, his injury is a recurring interest in industry, industry, injury. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and I don't, I, I think, I mean, it's probably a bit controversial, but I think maybe he should have considered retiring this year because of it. Um, I know he's a really strong rider and I know he'll 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 come back strong anyway or, or at least try to. But again, I think that might be weighing on his mind a little bit that he was doesn't want to push himself as as much as he normally would or could, because then it could it, the doctors have said it could be permanent if he hits his head again or um it might not be the way he's used to it if he recovers from it again. I just I just don't know. I I think personally it might be weighing his mind a little bit more than it should, even if he says it's not, because it, why wouldn't it be be affecting the way he rides? And obviously Paulus Figaro has um rumors are up for up for his place as well at the factory team too. So he he might not be a hundred percent in on it either. Yeah, so when I started following MotoGP it was 2013. So that was Marquez's obviously first season in the championship. <laughs> so I've yeah. sort of been following him the most because he was obviously he was in there for the first time when I started watching it as well so I like to see him do well for sure um mm-hmm. a little Definitely. bit more so compared to other riders because you know I think what he does on the bike is just sort of well alien basically he's changed Since, the way people ride yeah oh yeah 100 percent. and yeah I think since his injury in 2020 in the first race nothing's gone right for him I don't think Mm. obviously there was the injury that put him up for the rest of the season yeah along that road there was he injured it even more by trying to open a door or window at his house when he was recovering (laughs) through the season which literally finished him for that entire year and then obviously he's had uh, two or three episodes of double vision in the past year or so I think like three in the past yeah like three in the past six months or something so He just needs to, I think at the I moment. Mean, it was, it's, the problem is obviously it first started when he was in, I think it was 250s perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. It first started then, didn't it? So he's aware obviously that it, it keeps coming back every time he gets injured. And that's what I was thinking. Maybe he's just a bit more like, oh, you know, if I, if I fall off again and, and injure myself this time, will it be reversible? You know, mm-hmm. will, it, will I always be able to fight back from it? Yeah, like he obviously, as you say, he had that um, episode in 2011, I think it was, and yeah. it sort of disappeared since then. Obviously, since then, it's won like seven or eight championships. So, but in the past, I think to say in the past six months that he's already had like two or three episodes of it is exactly. very worrying. And I think the fact that he just keeps having such massive crashes this year, it seems like he had another massive one at Portugal. At Portugal this weekend, and 
yeah. It's just a case of how long until he sits back and thinks, maybe I just need to stop. Because if he gets keeps getting like concussion after concussion after concussion, it's not going to be a healthy thing for him at all. And it probably isn't, or it's probably already really unhealthy, I think, for him um, as it is now. And I think he has got the pace. Yeah. So, no, I I was just gonna, it, he's, he's obviously he's obviously a fighter, isn't he? And he wants to race, and he wants to he wants to be the dominant guy. And, and of course, he does. You know what? You, that's why you're in it to win it, aren't you? You know that's why you're there. Um, you're a different breed of of person. But um, he has got to think about his health as well. Yeah, I think that's what's going to be frustrating him most: the fact that in 2020, you know, obviously it was the first race that he crashed out, but he looked so strong even then. And it looked like he would dominate that year. But then obviously he was out. And then this year he's come back. It's, you know, everyone's been saying, oh, this is the comeback year for Marquez. But he's just been marred by injury after injury. Even in Austin a couple of weeks ago, I think he looked set to probably win or be very close to win that race. And then he bogged down at the start, dropped to the back of the field. And then managed to fight his way through the entire park with lightning pace but that was really impressive <laughs> yeah exactly and now he's his pace is good but he just keeps getting these little setbacks and I think as you say his health we play on his mind and I think yeah. there's a lot of people I think a lot of people around him will be sort of saying look you just need to calm down find the limit and but that's that's how that's how he that's that how limit. he races though. That's how he rides, isn't it? He tries to find the limit and then pushes himself to push past it ever so slightly, um, just to get that extra little bit over everybody else. He, that's what he does, isn't it? He he does that to get to the limit, and and he you've you've seen it throughout all of his career. That's that's how he rides, and that's how he progresses. But maybe maybe he now needs to figure out a different way to to learn and um, progress in the as as he goes just just so he doesn't injure himself to the point where he's where he's out of every race you know like he can't he can't have another year like last year and even even this year to a point I think now he just needs to sort of maybe calm himself down and just think think long term maybe think start to think about 2023 you know this year he's now 11th in the championship so there's still a long way to go but he's already missed a couple of rounds so is it worth trying to push himself to try and win the championship this year and maybe risk you know another injury I don't think so personally um I just think he needs to get himself set on that bike and be ready for 2023 I'm not saying you're right off this year altogether no no. I'm just saying he needs to have a long-term kind of plan rather than a short-term kind of thing he definitely needs to be thinking of yeah definitely long long long-term like you say um do, do you, what do you think about his his teammate? Like you, you, you might have watched the race today. I think you probably did, but um, like they 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 were hinting that they don't like each other. Do you think that's another factor or any kind of factor within the team? Yeah, Paul Swagro is he has his has his enemies on track. Let's say yeah, he has the people that don't really like him, and he has the people that sort of don't get along with him. Um, and yeah, I do remember something that. Marquez and Paul don't really get along. And mm. so obviously maybe that could be a factor in 
got Honda's just slow progress. Right. You just kind of want I the think... team to like connect and, and be a team, don't you? You want it to be that like nice environment that you go to and you're, and you're happy and everyone's chatting and, and, and helpful. But like, mm. because he had his brother in the team with him before, do you, do you just think he's he's kind of a bit like upset with Honda maybe about that? Yeah, because I still do find the whole Alex Marquez situation so strange. Like they basically, they booted him out of the factory team before a wheel had even turned for the yeah. 2020 season. And I always found that so odd and I still do like sort of to this day, especially as we saw how he performed on the bike. Yeah. You know, obviously he didn't, he wasn't at the front consistently, but there was yeah. races, especially towards the back end where he really picked up his form. And yeah. obviously Le Mans and Aragon, they were the two big ones. Um, but I think Mark, Mark Marquez will be probably, I think he will be unhappy. The fact that Alex was sort of kicked out of the team before the 2020 season even started um, kind of thing. And I think he will be unhappy with the fact that he's got Paul alongside him, but he maybe didn't yeah, want that. And, and, and even though even though Paul's been like near the top um, in other races, um, but do, do you think do you think that Honda have developed the bike around him in the past year? And, and that's another thing towards Mark where he's just kind of gone, well, they developed it around him and 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 I've been off and, and now I'm, I'm trying to come back in and, and I can't. And and all of that kind of weighing on his mind. I think because, you know, since Marquez came to the team, that bike was exactly. his bike kind of thing. And obviously the past couple of years, he hasn't really been there. You know, there is going to be a time when Marquez yeah. isn't riding a Honda bike and they've kind of realised they need to build it around all their riders. Do you think Paul is the next guy to take the mantle? Because I personally don't see it. No, (laughs) I don't. Um, I think he's not going to be the future of Honda. I think, you know, maybe he'll be, maybe like a Daniel Pedroza kind of guy. You know, maybe in the next couple of years he'll be at the front consistently, but maybe not quite championship material. Um, mm. But I think there is, there's obviously a lot, so much young talent coming through. And I think that is going to be something that Honda are looking at now. Um, especially like Ayogura, you know, there's talk of him coming into the LCR team, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, in the near future. Um, so I think Honda will have their eyes on sort of their next young, young star. We've obviously got Pedro Acosta, who came yeah. out of nowhere in Moto3 yeah, last 100%. year. Yeah. Um, He's kind of struggled to find his feet in Moto2, but like he's still, you know, he's going to get there. He's so, he's so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't expect him to just go like straight on it and, and start winning. It, it's going to take time to, to get used to it and everything like that as well. But it's funny that you mentioned him because I was thinking he could be the next one to go through into, into Honda properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, he could be the next sort of future star of Honda and their next kind of um, star rider that they have. And I think once Marquez, you know, it's tough to say how long Marquez will actually still be in the sport. You know, will he retire in the next three or four years? Um, Or will he just keep going past that, you know, let's say up to the edge Mm -hmm. of what Valentino Rossi was before he retired. But I think that will depend on how his injuries go and what his pace looks like. I I can't see Honda getting rid of Marquez um unless Marquez physically says I can't race anymore yeah yeah I agree oh, I think, getting rid of Paul <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think 
they'll bring in a young rider, I think. Um, yeah. But I remember, say, I think there was even talking maybe Quattararo, you know, he was getting yeah. frustrated yeah. at Yamaha yeah. and yeah. potentially looking at a move to Honda. So it is, I think now at the moment, it is still up in, up in air. And I think as obviously the silly season starts and kind of riders start to sign contracts and things, it will definitely become clear of what's going to happen. But I think, yeah, I do think maybe the end of this year or one more year left uh, for Paul at Honda because it's not really gone the way maybe people kind of thought it would have. Um, well, one team we should mention before we end is Suzuki. Uh, so they have got their strengths back by the look of it. Um, so they're able to, the riders are able to push the bikes a bit harder now. Um, and it's been especially positive. Like today, Alex Prince had an incredible performance going from 23rd to P4. Um, so what do we think about their season so far? They're getting that, um, certainly. Um, like the past couple of seasons, but they've sort of had a bit of a shaky start, but now I think more than ever, they've really shown that they are a sort of force we reckon with. Obviously, Alex Rins is tied on points with uh, Quattararo in the championship now, and he seems to have really found his consistency that he needed to find. Last year, he was had such good pace, but he just couldn't be a consistent finisher, especially at the start of the season. You know, he was dropping the bike and... Such bad luck. Not, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. He, he was having bad luck and he was crashing out and he just couldn't find that sort of ability to consistently be at the front without, you know, dropping the bike to the gravel. And I think now he's found that in Juan Mia is, well, obviously he won the championship in 2020, so that kind of speaks for itself. And I think he's found pace he was struggling at the start of this season and he was, wasn't really happy but he seems to have found his edge now and it is good to see Suzuki sort of at the front but it's such a strange one with MotoGP because there's no idea of who actually is the best team at the moment but yeah. Suzuki they're the only team with two riders in the top six so yeah. I'd like to say it's them but just depends whether they can carry that momentum you know continuing into the rest of the season yeah, obviously Rins is, Rins is the only one with two podiums this year so far, though, as well. So, like, I know Mir was consistent last year, but do you think that they're kind of, like, putting their hopes on on Rins this year more than more than Mir? I think so. I think the roles have kind of switched again. Because, obviously, yeah. when um, Mir came into the team, he was expected to not play second fiddle, but Rins was suppo supposed to be the leader of the team. Yeah, and then... Yeah. Mia, Mia won the championship in 2020, so that'll have hurt Rins a lot. Yeah. And I think now Rins has found his form, he's found his consistency. And I think this is the year where Rins starts to sort of unlock that potential that he has shown um, yeah. since he came into MotoGP. But at the moment, it looks like Rins is sort of, I want to say the riders beat at the moment this year, because yeah. he's the one who's shown the most consistency out of probably the rest of the grid. So it is... It is good to see Rins finally finding his feet. Kind is of he going to win a race? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think I so. so. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'd like to see yeah. him in a race. Um, <laughs> but I guess with MotoGP, you can never, you can never tell. It's, well, this year it's especially so, just seems so unpredictable. Yeah. And heading into Europe, even now, it seems like there isn't 
I can't put a name on who's the fastest, who's the best at the moment. No. You know, a couple of rounds ago, I would have said Quattaro's not really got a chance at the championship, as I said earlier. But now he's leading the championship yeah. after after today's race. So it is, it's so unpredictable. And it's so, it's going to be interesting to see if Suzuki can sort of keep that momentum up and establish themselves as the best team on the grid. Definitely. Do you, do you, uh, do you, do you find it exciting now that it's it's a lot more unpredictable, or would you rather it be like it was before when like one person was always like at the front and and winning all the time? Yeah, I I love the unpredictability of it. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm a sort of neutral when it comes to MotoGP um okay. so it is nice to see so many riders at the front and heading into a race weekend and having absolutely no idea if who's going to win obviously if you look at say let's say World Superbikes you know there's always Johnny yeah. Ray or yeah. uh, Top Rock you know who yeah. are the kind of leading leading couple of people but in MotoGP you've got maybe five six seven eight maybe even 10 different it's riders. Just, it's kind of just flipped completely, hasn't it? It's, it's just so bizarre now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's... But it, 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 it's good. Um, but obviously, like, um, when, when, like, for example, the easiest one is just to say Rossi when he was winning everything, that was bringing in crowds and new, um, new, new people to watch the races and everything like that, wasn't it? You know, and and it, it was it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And do do you think that's it's, it's kind of lost something because of that now, or do you think it's it's even better because it's it's so unpredictable, which is bringing people in? Yeah, I um, I think if you look at F one for an example. Mercedes dominated for so yeah. many years and now suddenly it's kind of flipped and there's, you know, it's so spread out yeah. kind of thing. And it's, it, MotoGP, it, is that, it is that unpredictability that's enjoyable to watch. Of course it is. Like, like you say with mm. F1, like, um, like you see, you see like McLaren are up there again and, and, and it's nice to not see the same faces all the time winning. And it is interesting. I just, I just don't know if, um, I don't know if some fans might be a bit more lost without someone to follow. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I agree with you. Like, I think the more, like, for myself as a neutral detective, is good. But yeah. as someone who wants to find someone to follow, it's so yeah. difficult because you can't pick one single rider at no. the moment on the grid who's going to be a dominant force. Since exactly. 2020, there like obviously with Marquez um, not being in contention, there's been like three, four riders who could have won in the past couple of years, and now it seems like there's at least five who yeah. could win it this year. But, so but, it but, is but like anyone, anyone can win a race. It seems as well, you know, mm. like Sebastianini just just yeah. won out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you think, oh well, <laughs> you know, M Martin last year, and then you just think wow, you know, like literally anyone could win a race. Like, is Zarko ever going to win a race? Because it'd be nice to see him win one. <laughs> yeah, he's, he just seems like the kind of rider who just can't win a race. He'll finish second so many times. But it's he, he, he just finish, he finishes his runner-up in a race and just cannot find that spark to, like, get out in front and lead nice. at the front. And it's, I can guarantee it is frustrating for a lot of it's just frustrating well, all of his fans in general you just you want just him to get want to see him do a backflip you finished so long yeah. come on <laughs> <laughs> you just <win> on him <laughs> 
so with all that unpredictability, I'm going to ask you anyway, um, do you have any predictions for the season? I'd love to know. They don't have to, ne have to necessarily be who's going to win the championship because at the moment we're all a bit up and down, but any predictions for the season? Uh, Adam? I think Zarko will win a race. <laughs> That's oh, that's the prediction. Sako <laughs> <laughs> win a race, finally. Um, other than that, I think KTM, I'd like to see KTM finally come to the front. I think they'll eventually get there. They seem to be getting there slowly but surely. Not necessarily win the championship, but I do think they'll maybe have at least one rider in the top three. I want to say top three, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> um, it's a bold prediction, but I, I would like to see it happen. I do think they've maybe got the pace, especially when we get to Europe, um, to sort of get to the front. Mm. I'd like I'd like to see like Martin um like further up. Um I just think he's got so much talent, and I just think like he 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 could really be up there. And the, the same with Alex Marquez as well. Like I'm thinking, like the the younger ones going forward. I I just mm -hmm. like to see the younger ones kind of like pushing through a bit more. Like you got Bastianini obviously going through and and Bagnaya, but I didn't see Bastianini obviously getting as far as far forward as he has done so far this year. But I just like to see like more of the. Like the younger ones, like Luca Marie, maybe like do doing not better because they are doing really, really well anyway. But just just more up there, and and you see more of them, and and maybe even get on the podium more than they have done. Obviously, I know Martin has, but you haven't you haven't seen um, Luca Marini properly up there. You haven't really seen Alex Marquez. Even like Takanakagami would be quite fun to see up there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, on that note. Um... We, we want everyone to do well, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have your predictions. And for those listening and watching, uh, we'd love to have, hear your predictions. Drop us a comment. Do you think there's going to be anyone on top after the five rounds that we've had so far? Or um, is there anyone that you think is going to make it all the way up there? Uh, let us know. Uh, I was just going to say thank you very much for listening or watching on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify or visit us on www.thepitcrewonline.net. A special thank you to Adam and Mandy today. Uh, where can we find you guys on social media, uh, Mandy? Mandy? Mandy GP on the uh, Crew On 2 website. Um, yep. It's Mandy Penguin on Twitter. It's just Mandy Mullender on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. And Adam? Um, so mainly just Twitter. Uh, frequent user of Twitter. Um, just Adam Proud 25 underscore JRN. Um, so yeah, it's been great to be here. Lovely. <laughs> it's been lovely. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I'm at T Motorsport Girl on pretty much all social medias. Um, so yeah, make sure you can go and follow the crew on two on well as well. Um, they cover all your MotoGP, Moto2, Moto3, Superbikes, all sort of your bike needs, basically. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for watching. And as always, we will see you out on track.